0: You have, you have the, the chance, chance to fly the coolest, coolest mission, mission in the history of missions, and you're, you're going to give it up, up to listen to Harmless a- Phosphorescence! <laughs> Hello, everyone! This is Throw Smiley, and I'm swinging my jazz hands around. Who's joining me this week? I'm Josh Cece. Take the
1: Tesseract, leave the cannoli.
0: My name is Carol. Wait, no. Did you hear me? My name
2: is Brian. Uh,
3: <clears throat> I'm Alaric Weber, but you can call me Mr. Snoofers.
0: <laughs> and this is Harmless Phosphorescence. It's the podcast where we watch every theatrically released, full-length, live-action superhero movie ever made. We gather some research into the production and the source material, then we tell you all about it. And this show is brought to you by patrons. Patrons like executive producers Michael Beckwith and Atticus Burkett. You can be a patron, too. Head over to patreon.com slash harmlessentertainment. we got lots of bonus content there. we got Star Wars shows, holiday shows, music shows, Gerald R. Ford shows. Um, We've got our monthly movie, which this month is going to be The Shining. So that's fun. Um... A buck a month is all you need to get started on the good times. Patreon.com slash harmlessentertainment. This week though, on harmless phosphorescence, we are watching Captain Marvel.
3: language. I know a renegade soldier when I see one.
1: Never occurred to me that one might come from above.
3: In... Big car chase. <laughs> Truth be told, I was ready to hang it up till I met you today. So you're not from around here.
1: It's hard to explain. keep having these memories, I see flashes. I think I had a life here, but I can't tell if it's real. We have no idea what threats are out there. Can't do this alone. We need you.
4: I'm not what you think I am.
0: Captain Marvel Captain Marvel was released March. 2019 it has a running time of 124 minutes cost 175 million dollars and it made 1.12 billion with a b yep so that was a that's a lot of money <laughs> it was um that was despite the fact that uh so usually we uh do the rankings a little or the uh I talk about the uh the rotten tomato score a little later, but it has seventy-nine percent critic score and a forty-five percent audience score. Um, that's due to it getting brigaded before it was even released. Um, in large part due to the fact that uh a lot of uh of uh so-called um mcu fans didn't like the fact that brie larson was saying that hey you know what maybe we should have more women and people of color in uh movies yeah well and it was in particular
2: around her comments on wrinkle in time that really set people off before this movie had come out if i remember correctly what did she what was that she basically said that the critics that were panning uh, A Wrinkle in time were all a bunch of white guys and maybe that this movie wasn't made for them, I think. And um, I'm probably totally misconstruing her statement, but essentially saying that like maybe there should be uh, reviewers of films that aren't, you know, middle aged white men.
0: Yeah. They're or, absolutely or, yeah
2: they're absolutely to better represent the movie going audience, you know.
0: There absolutely should be. They- and and um the, the <laughs> unfortunately a Wrinkle in Time was actually a really bad movie in my opinion. Yeah,
2: yeah, ultimately I I've, I've heard like that critically it was just not a good movie. Like, which sucks cuz Ava DuVernay it. is amazing. Yeah, she is,
0: um, but none of the problems with that movie had anything whatsoever to do with like the 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 casting or or any of the 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 you know whatever whatever you want to call it like social or political like Issues with it representation. Representation, oh, yeah, yeah. The representation issues. None of the movie's problems had anything to do with that. It's all like you know your traditional like movie making stuff that's good or bad. Yeah,
1: it never factors in. It's just that you know, like you were saying, there there are white men of a certain age that believe that everything should also be for them.
2: Yeah, that well, everything
1: and- should. Okay, yeah, you want a gay character, fine, but I still need to mostly identify with it. Yeah, that's I, their I think.
2: I don't necessarily think that that's what the critics were saying about it, but I think that that's how it was interpreted by the people who were then criticizing know. her her response, you know? Because most critics are not going to be like, oh, this should have more white guys in it or whatever. They're going to be like, I don't like the movie necessarily. And she's defending her, her project because she was in that, right? Or was she?
0: She was, I don't know. Maybe, she was associated she with it in remember. some way, but I don't remember what it was. Yeah. I don't think she was actually but, in it. Yeah.
2: I never saw it. I was read the she? book as a kid and was like, I don't want to see this. Um, Same thing with like the Giver movie and things like yeah, that. I
0: was a big fan of the book, read it as a kid, of course, but read most of the series as a kid. Apparently she kept, kept writing them when I was too old for it, so I didn't keep up with the series. But, um, uh, the, yeah, I, I mean, I, I took Jude to see it. I was, you know, we were excited. Um, he read the books, um, and you know, we were all pretty disappointed in the film. Yeah. But, um, there was which happens, yeah. But I I think the actors were all very did did well. It had it had some it had some writing problems. The po- hmm. the the it had some story issues, um, and some pacing anyway, issues.
2: But that's why people were upset with Brie Larson was she was defending the idea that this was being uh, misrepresented by critics.
0: Yeah. Um, and <sighs> fandom. I'm fandoms suck. (laughs) As a member of fandoms, they, they, we, we, it all sucks. Like people are getting mad about the casting in Sandman, Um, some some gender flipped roles and some um, some represent some roles that are have a different representation than in the original books. And I'm just like, have you guys ever read a Neil Gaiman anything? Like, right, yeah. How can you possibly so? Like, Neil Gaiman's involved
2: with that, too. You know, like...
0: Neil Gaiman personally yeah. cast the entire series.
2: Yeah. Well, and th- with this movie, people are so upset about uh, Brie Larson's performance or whatever thing they can, like, gl- glom onto. I'm like, this would- it was directed that way. Why is anybody mad at the actress who's playing a fighter pilot woman?
0: Like, it makes sense. I, I
2: All of it. <laughs>
0: I remember her as being very um, stone-faced. In in her acting, but upon rewatching it, I realize that I'm just thinking of her endgame performance. Yeah. Well I mean th-
2: this movie is so subtle and I love it for that because her performance is super subtle. She's doing a lot with just like her face.
0: She is. And I upon rewatching it, I was like, wow, she's really, really fun and um interesting in this movie in a way that I didn't remember um from when I first saw it. Well so Yeah. Anyways, that's uh, <laughs> Captain Marvel, as I said, it made a lot of money, so fuck all of you people <laughs> that brigaded <Right>. it. Um, <laughs>
2: there will be a sequel starring Brie Larson. Yeah. Deal with it.
0: <laughs> yeah, a movie that makes $1.128 is not going to not get a sequel, guys, so... <laughs> yeah.
2: How much did the Justice League make? Not that those two things are related, but... uh, <laughs>
0: uh Under a billion. It was definitely way under a billion. <laughs> um... Anyway, sorry, I
2: don't
0: mean to... Uh, Speaking of box office, guys, you ready to play the box office top 10 game? This is the game where I will describe the top 10 movies of the week based on the box office mojo descriptions. And the guys here are going to try to guess what I'm describing. You ready, fellas? Yep. Yep. All right, here we go. Number 10 for the week of March 8th, 2019. Wow, we are really, really catching up um, to our current time.
1: Um, yeah, are, are there many new ones from last week?
0: Uh, oh, there, oh, there are because la- it, it's it's three months later. The last last one was in January. This oh. is March, so. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah. Cool. Uh, number ten, a woman is boxed out by her male sports agents in her profession, but gains an unexpected edge over them when she develops the ability to hear their thoughts. Oh, what is this? What men want? What men want? Yeah, starring uh, um, Tar- Taraji P. Henson and Tracy Morgan. Um, is this after his accident?
2: I think so. And is this a sequel to What Women Want? Right. I didn't see this. is it? No, no it's not. It's
1: not. A it's sequel. just it's like a. a it's just like a. Like oh, they did fair.
2: with Death at
1: Death at the Funeral kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes they'll remake a concept for a particular audience usually yeah racially motivated audience hmm. yeah so okay. i don't think it's a sequel yeah i guess i don't if they mention if they mention jodie foster and or mel gibson then wow i would like to see this movie
0: i'm i wonder if they i wonder if what women want as a movie exists in their universe like did they watch mm. that movie and she's like oh it's like that movie I, hope, I wish it. it
1: didn't exist in any universe. me too
0: uh I remember I was um when that movie came out it was uh I was um s- staying with a uh, a guy named Cal Who was a friend of Linda's who was this cowboy guy who lived in a trailer I just remember watching that with him and he was like this like like this cowboy beer drinking dude and he was watching it, and he was like <laughs> that is what women want <laughs> Like they be shopping, Cal. They be shopping. Yep. All right. Number nine. A young woman befriends a... <laughs> at the box office. Uh a young woman befriends a lonely widow who's harboring a dark and deadly agenda towards her. Hmm. This stars Chloe Grace Moritz and Isabel Hoppert.
2: Uh, the widow's
0: friend <laughs> i like how you you were just like kept going the widow's friend who thinks things aren't very good up in this place right about now uh, was i close with widow no <laughs> it is it's a it's just a person's name you guys are never going to guess it if you don't know the oh, movie oh god
2: it's called jessica <laughs> jessica's feet <laughs> Tito.
0: <laughs> feet. It's called. It's called Greta. Yeah, I've never heard of oh. it either. Yeah, um, there was a lot of. There's a lot of recent movies I've discovered from these last couple box office games that I'm not unaware of, and I'm like, did I just not see movies anymore? Um, at number,
1: uh, I think at least personally, I've been. It's how I've been exposed to movies has totally, absolutely changed. You know, when I watched broadcast or cable television, there were trailers to watch. Mm. Now it's like I mostly watch YouTube and shit. And it's like, does your dick not work? Are you tired of this candidate? (laughs) (laughs) I never see trailers or useful. Right,
0: right. Well, and I'm I'm in such like a bubble that like the movies that get presented to me by Google ads are like ones that thinks I'm going to like. So I don't get exposed to anything that's like outside of that.
1: Yeah, precisely.
0: Yeah, that sucks. I like I like being surprised by things that I was unaware of. Um,
1: Yeah, I I love movie trailers. Even you know, I don't love every movie, but I enjoy trailers. They're fun.
0: Show me something Tyler Perry's making. I may not go see it, but I want to know it exists. (laughs) (laughs) I want to know it's out there. (laughs) I want to know that I'm I'm
1: glizzy and uh, and not capping or, or you know, mo capping or something. We're so old. Mo- Mo-cap.
0: Mocap, mo problems. Um that's all right, all right, at number where the hell are we at? Number eight this week at the box office. A former wrestler and his family make a living performing at small venues around the country while his kids dream of joining the WWE. Oh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's in this.
1: <laughs> I had to say The Rock Johnson. Yeah, he is The Rock
0: Johnson. Um, hmm. A bunch of other people I don't <laughs> recognize. Oh, wait, that's uh, uh, Nick Frost. Also, we got Nick Frost in there. Oh, wait, and is that oh. Vince Vaughn? Yeesh. Uh, <laughs> wait, there's more. <laughs> take it to the mat? It's- I don't know. Uh, another oh. one I never heard of. Ooh, this was made by MGM. Um, <laughs> I didn't Ooh. know they still made movies that weren't James Bond. Prestige. Yeah. Um, it's called Fighting With My Family. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Another one I was unaware of. Uh, at number seven this week at the box office. A y- oh, Okay. I just heard about this movie actually on the uh, Dead Eyes podcast. Um which is uh about a guy who got fired from Band of Brothers um by by uh, Tom Hanks and so he made a podcast wherein he was trying to get a hold of Tom Hanks to ask him why he fired him.
2: Is this Tom, <laughs> is this Tom Sizemore?
0: No. No, it's uh, uh not he in that? Oh no. what, what's his name? Colin Colin something. Colin um I can't remember his last name. Um, but uh, he's a comedian. He's like, uh, he's one of the, um, he's he's uh, one of the uh, Upright Citizens Brigade guys. Um, but uh, anyways, this movie I heard about on that podcast. Otherwise, I never would know it existed. But uh, a young woman disenchanted with love mysteriously finds herself trapped inside a romantic comedy. It stars Rebel Wilson, Liam Hemsworth, Adam Devine, and Priyanka Chopra.
2: Wow. Yeah, I don't know what any of these movies are.
0: It's called Isn't... Uh,
2: romantic Comedy. Uh,
0: no? Uh, that's I mean, it's far off. It's called like, is... she's She's at it again. <laughs> it's called Isn't It Romantic.
1: Ugh.
0: Yeah. I
4: don't
0: know. <laughs> yeah, isn't Never it? Never saw it. Yeah. Uh, at number six this week at the box office... A working class bouncer becomes the driver of a classical pianist on a tour of venues through the American South.
1: Okay, green let's book. go back to working class. Yeah, Al's right, sorry.
2: That's a green book for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a green book. Best picture of the year, apparently. Ha! Um,
1: well, what other kind of bouncers are there? Was it
0: <laughs> this, yes.
1: Like, can you be an executive? Yeah. Oh, like
0: a
2: white collar bouncer? Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Work a working class. Yeah, bouncer. a
0: working class bouncer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good point. Was that Viggo Mortensen? That was Vigo yeah. Mortensen doing an amazing Guido accent, <laughs> an amazing yeah Italian American accent for uh, a, what is it? What is he British or Irish or something? I don't know, Vigo? Yeah, he's 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 from not the U.S. right? I oh, he's not from the U.S. But he's I he's from think Middle Earth. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't
2: think he's that- his name is Vigo or the Middle Ages. Yeah. That seems like an Eastern
1: European name, if I'm not mistaken. But Vigo, maybe- son of
2: Morton. <laughs> yep.
0: Literally. Um. Yeah, it's hmm, yeah, but that movie was like definitely like the bravest. Like movie about racism from 1992.
2: Yeah, it was Crash all over again.
0: Yeah, I, I mean it was basically what driving. It was basically like, 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 like flip driving Miss Daisy.
1: Like, yeah. Uh. The lessons they learned along the way.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, at number five, my second favorite movie about racism from this week, which will be a lot funnier once I tell you what it is. Um, <laughs> A deactivated cyborg's revived, but she can't remember (laughs) anything of her past and goes on a quest to find out who she is. Politics, politics,
2: politics. (laughs) A deactivated cyborg?
0: Yeah, this this fucking movie. Alita, Battle Angel? Yes, yes, that's it! I have not seen it, but I hear
2: weird things about it. It is actually visually really well done. But the uncanny valley is super present in the character design intentionally, and intentionally, it, yeah, yeah, and it just like makes us like a little like uncomfortable the entire movie. <laughs> yeah, as it's supposed. Yeah, by design. <laughs> yeah, that that same actress that played her was in a rotoscope show uh, on Amazon Prime. I forget what it's called with uh, Bob Odenkirk, but she's incredible. And after watching her in that, I was like, oh, I should watch this Alita movie. And the whole time I was like. I'm so uncomfortable with what is happening on screen. Why are her eyes anime big? Mm. And she's like crying <laughs> and emoting all this, like, I'm just a baby robot. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? Oh, it's like it's it. a really visually cool movie. The story is interesting. Everything about it is really interesting, but man, it's like ugly Sonic kind of vibe.
0: Uh. <laughs> but again, that was the, best part of the to, rescue Rangers. Yeah.
2: Mm. But ugly it's supposed Sonic. to make you feel that way. Like, viscerally uncomfortable throughout.
0: Yeah. Um, mm. <laughs> I don't know if I can hang with it. Um, yeah. At number four this week, it's been five years <laughs> since the first movie <laughs> that this is a sequel to. <laughs> and the citizens of the place they are in are face a new threat. Invaders from outer space wrecking everything faster than they can rebuild it. <laughs> um Are I left favorite? a I left a lot of sequel. very important information out. <laughs> um yeah, it is a sequel. They're in town. They're in town. Yeah, they're in town. Um uh let's see. We've got it stars Chris Pratt and Will Arnett. It is animated. <laughs>
1: oh, is it is it Lego related? Yeah,
0: the Lego movie, too. Um, oh. Yeah, which I never saw. The first one was good, though. One of the best commercials the I've ever Batman be- Lego movie. That was good, yeah. It was hilarious. Yeah, Batman yeah. Lego movie is really good. Um, the first Lego movie is one of the fi- my favorite commercials I've ever paid to see. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> at number three this week. Uh, this is amazing a joyous reunion becomes a hilarious nightmare as a f- the family travels to backwoods georgia where they find themselves unexpectedly planning a funeral that might unveil unsavory secrets what
1: was it that vacation movie no we talked about no
0: nope. so a joyous reunion becomes a hilarious nightmare as uh, the family travels to Backwards, Georgia, where they find themselves unexpectedly planning a funeral that might unveil unsavory secrets. A wedding and a gay funeral? This is a movie within a long, long-running series. Oh, this is a Fantastic Four,
2: or not Fantastic, this is a <laughs> Fast and the Furious movie, isn't it? Nope. No, it is it's not. Is a but- a Medea?
0: Yes, it's a Medea. It's a Medea. I'll fi- said
2: it first, but
1: yeah, family yeah. reunion.
0: A Medea family funeral.
1: Oh, oh. funeral.
0: Oh. A Medea. I want to know what the secret is. It's a, and the. Uh, I
1: want to do a deep dive in these movies. I've made enough jokes over the years. I think it's
2: time. Yeah.
0: I am fascinated to do out.
2: the Medea. Medea counts as a superhero. We should reflect on. It. We should like review that and make sure that. <laughs> She doesn't like. She very well could. I need she, to
1: see. It's so embedded in the zeitgeist. I, yeah,
0: I am fascinated. i have no fascinated idea. by Fascinated yeah. by Medea. Um, the tag. I don't know
1: what happens.
0: Yeah, the tagline for this is: she puts the fun in funeral.
2: Um, <laughs> wow, oh, I love that. I'm using that in the next funeral I go to. Oh, like when a clown dies. Yeah.
0: Uh, at number two this week. Oh boy. How do I describe this? It's only proper nouns in this. Okay, hold on. Let me figure this out. Um, (laughs) When our hero discovers his friend isn't the only of his kind, he must seek a secret utopia for that kind of creature before a hired tyrant can find it first. It's all names. This description was nothing but names. (laughs)
1: I don't like uh, this story.
0: Oh, th- this has got to be
2: this has got to be our uh, what's it called? Wrinkle in Time. Nope, not a Wrinkle oh. in Time.
1: Is it a Despicable Me movie?
0: No, but it is. Uh, it's a it Despicable is a, You. No, um, it it is animated. It is a uh, DreamWorks.
1: Oh, still Shrekin.
0: <laughs> not the Shrek franchise. A different franchise. There are no others. A more <laughs> It is it is a medieval one though. Although, um, eh, medieval. Um Is this how
2: I trained my dragon part like
0: six or yeah. something? Yeah. How to train your dragon, nice. colon, the hidden world. Oh.
1: <laughs>
0: That's butt stuff.
2: Yeah, I was like the dragon's colon is the hidden world.
0: I'm confused. <laughs> you said colon? <laughs> Uh, and opening at number one this week Carol Danvers becomes one of the universe's Most powerful heroes when Earth Is caught in the middle of a galactic war Between two alien races One of which are the shape-shifting crawls The other of which are the warlike Kree
1: Imagine if you didn't know the context It's just like Carol Danvers becomes The head of HR <laughs>
0: uh, um, That is the box office top ten which brings us to the character and comic book background, Mr. Al Weber. Tell us the things we need to Hi know there. about Carol and her Danvers.
3: Um, okay. Uh, starting with uh, Captain Marvel. Uh, we'll get to Carol in a, a little bit. Um, from 1940, Fawcett Comics published comics featuring the popular character Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Shazam. Uh, The first Captain Marvel, so named. Uh, DC Comics sued Fawcett in 1951 for copyright infringement, claiming Captain Marvel too closely resembled Superman. Hmm. Ceasing publication of the character in 1953, Fawcett eventually lost the trademark to the name, which was grabbed up by Marvel Comics in 1967.
0: So that's amazing. So Shazam was named after Captain Marvel, who originally was named Shazam uh what <laughs> dc named their character Shazam after um getting the name from Captain Marvel who originally was named Shazam
3: okay was captain marvel originally named Shazam didn't you just say that i said also known as Shazam okay. now nowadays he was he, billy yeah billy batson and and that was his uh Altered. that was his magic word to make him change characters but, um, actually, right before Marvel Comics uh, uh, took the name, um, another comic company uh, started um, publishing a, a Captain Marvel. I think they did like five issues. Uh, but Marvel Comics went to this other company and said, "Look, we're Marvel Comics. Can we have the name?" And they paid them like forty five hundred dollars. Um, for the rights to that. Okay. Uh. So yeah. Starting in 1967, uh, Marvel's character debuted as the the lead feature in Marvel Superheroes number 12, uh, December of 1967, written by Stan Lee and illustrated by Gene Colan. Uh, the original character had a, a green and white um, outfit. Um, uniform. Captain Marvel uh, was given his own series in in May of 1968, wherein Captain Marvel or Marvel was an alien of the Kree race uh, who came to Earth as a spy before coming to identify with the humans. A revamp in 1969 gave Marvel a new suit, greater abilities, and a connection to everyone's. Sidekick to everyone's sidekick, Rick Jones.
0: <laughs> Rick? Yep, Rick Jones. Uh, um, who, who, who would then later go on to release the hit single "Super Freak"? <laughs> yep. Yeah,
3: uh, Jones and Marvel <laughs> shared molecules, quote unquote, allowing only one of them to exist in the real world at a time; the other trapped in the negative zone. Um, the switch. Switchover would be accessed by use of NegaBands. You know, I. The negative zone is where shitty comments from YouTube go.
0: You know, if you don't wear a NegaBand, then you are going to share molecules with somebody and you, you could get a disease.
1: Yep, you're sharing molecules with everyone they shared molecules with.
0: <laughs> Kids, NegaBand your molecules. The more you know.
1: <laughs> NegaBand! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the NegaBand!
3: I don't like that. That's too close. Um, so the uh, the 1969 revamp wasn't quite successful. As not as successful as they had hoped, uh, and the series was published only intermittently after 1969. Uh, Marvell's powers included superhuman strength, speed, and endurance, flight, solar energy absorption and projection, and a cosmic awareness. Allowing him to detect direct threats and perceive changes in the universe.
0: You know, I I once achieved cosmic awareness, but <laughs> I, I yeah, a lot of mescaline. Yeah, I didn't leave my bedroom.
1: Right. Yeah, I couldn't find my way back to the tent. Yeah, that happened a lot. <laughs>
3: Moving along to Carol Danvers. Uh, This character was created by Roy Thomas and Gene Colan. Debuted in Marvel Super Heroes number 13, March of 1968. Remember, um, Captain Marvel showed up in number 12 of that series. Hmm. Um, Carol Danvers first appeared as an officer in the U.S. Air Force and a colleague of Dr. Walter Lawson, then the human alias of Marvell. Danvers was later caught in the explosion of a Kree device. Danvers was saved by Captain Marvel, but sustained serious injuries. Danvers would resurface in January of 1977 in Miss Marvel No. 1, created by Jerry Conway and John Buscema. Uh, She is now the editor of Woman Magazine, an offshoot of the Daily Bugle. Hmm. But also... The energy exposure from the Kree device, now known to be the Psyche Magnetron, caused Danvers' genetic structure to meld with Captain Marvel's, effectively turning her into a human-Kree hybrid. She now shared the powers of superhuman strength, durability, stamina, flight, and energy manipulation. Good Uh, for her. Yeah. Um... Miss Marvel had a series of semi-regular appearances in The Avengers, also popping up with The Defenders, Spider-Man, The Thing, and The Hulk. In 1981, Miss Marvel was attacked by Rogue, who permanently absorbed Carol's powers and memories. And that is how Rogue got her strength and flight abilities.
2: Danvers so it's retreat- not just mutant powers, she can also steal... Alien powers, I guess. Uh, she touches.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Anyways, uh, Danvers retrieved her memories with the help of Professor X, and was later given other powers by an alien race, the Brood. Now capable of uh, generating the power of a star, becoming known as Binary. Danvers also spent time with. Uh, The Avengers with the codename Warbird. In July of 2012, Carol Danvers assumed the mantle of Captain Marvel, the seventh Marvel character to use the name, and the ninth comic character in general. Hmm. She now donned the jumpsuit look we see in the movie. Um, Danvers has been labeled as Marvel's most notable female hero, and frequently described as one of the most powerful characters in the Marvel Universe. Some other names uh, from the comics we've got Jan Rog, Cree military commander, uh, Talos the Untamed. I always want to say Talos, but. Talos the Untamed, a scroll born without the ability to shapeshift was first introduced as a prank guest to Rick Jones's wedding.
0: A prank
1: guest? <laughs> yeah, you know, something borrows something blue. A prank. You know um, who
0: loves pranks at weddings?
3: Brides.
1: <laughs> yeah, they do. They're so easygoing and like, whatever Improv.
3: Uh, Korath the Pursuer, a Cree mili- a military uh, cyber <laughs> geneticist.
1: More about the pursuer, implying he never catches.
0: He's like the coyote,
3: um,
0: forever he, in pursuit.
3: Uh, I guess there was a whole pursuer program that he uh, that he <laughs> led and started created.
0: <laughs> I joined. Too. I joined the exchange pursuer program in high school.
1: I wanted to be an accuser, but instead I'm a pursuer. Yeah,
0: are they like the I'm military forwarding. wing of like like a police tale?
2: Yeah, uh, I guess
3: so. Yeah, kind of. I, I don't
0: know. But well, like, I got sent to France to pursue, and then, a, and then a French kid came here to <laughs> <Yeah>. pursue. <laughs>
3: like missionaries. Um, the supreme intelligence was the AI that governs over the Kree race. And the other Kree, number three... Atlas Minerva and Braun Schar. Um, um Finally, we have Monica Rambeau, was the second Captain Marvel, introduced in the Amazing Spider-Man annual number no. 16, October of nineteen eighty-two, by Roger Stern and John Romita Jr. Uh, Monica could convert her body into any form of energy within the electromagnetic spectrum and travel at near light speed. Monica would later hero under the code names of Photon, Pulsar, and Spectrum.
0: That's um, what about Maria?
3: I didn't uh I didn't really see her as a character.
0: Okay. All right. Thank you, Al. That is our comic book bracket. He,
3: he doesn't see people
0: like that.
1: <laughs> He's hero
0: blind. Uh, so that is our uh, comic book background. It brings us to the production of the film itself. Um, they began development in 2013. It was officially announced in 2014. Um and uh, uh so it had a long development process um you know it took my god what was that that's like six years for it to come out um yeah uh they it, the script went through a lot of uh of of uh writers over the years um so um let's see uh, in fifteen they so originally it was supposed to be released in July 2018 it got pushed back to November as of 2015 so in 2015 they knew they needed six more months um <laughs>
4: give
1: us a minute
0: uh um they were originally going to put her in Age of Ultron but they decided not to they wanted to introduce her um in her own movie first Guardians of the Galaxy co-screenwriters Nicole Perlman um, and Meg LaFave uh, both have story by credits. Screenplay credits go to Anna Boden, Ryan Fleck, and Geneva robertson uh, Dwarrett. Anna Boden and Ryan Fleck are also our directors, dual directors, um, a directing team. They uh, Let's see, they wrote Half Nelson, wrote and directed Sugar, it's kind of a funny story in Mississippi grind. So a lot of like character drama kind of stuff. Um, our cast, Brie Larson as Carol Danvers slash Captain Marvel. Um, she got her start on the sitcom Raising Dad in the early 2000s. That was the Bob Saget one. Uh, Kat Dennings was also on that.
1: Huh. I <clears throat> I fell in love with her and I've had a crush on her since United States of Tara. Yeah, was really good on that. Yeah,
0: she was great in that. Um, she was great in Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Um,
1: yeah. Oh my God, she was adorable. Yeah, not that that's the only way I see her, but I do see her that way. I
0: think I love her.
2: <laughs> I I love the character in Scott Pilgrim though. She was awesome.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, what character was she
2: in? She was the pop singer, the super successful the ex, one.
1: The ex-girlfriend yeah. who made it and she yeah. was with that she was with Brian Routh, the super vegan.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, um let's What see. was
1: the name like something at Mountainhead or Monsterhead? It's been a while since her I've seen her band was it. had a crazy name. Yeah.
0: Um she won the Academy Award for best actress in uh for 2016 for Room. Um,
2: Which is awesome and
0: crazy, yeah, yeah, yeah. very crazy, yeah. That that but not the room, not the room, <laughs> just, just room. <laughs> so, oh, hi, Mark. I I feel like they really should have looked at the uh, SEO before they named that film. I th- I think that yeah. was intentional.
2: I really do. Really? So I I think th- imagine all the
0: people
1: who think they're they're renting or whatever they they think they're about to watch the Tommy Wiseau cult classic. <laughs> they put in the they're, Brie Larson one, they're like, I do not understand why this is popular. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: I don't think Brie Larson, I, I haven't even seen Brie Larson in this.
1: <laughs> She's in
0: some kind of room, I bet. <laughs> some kind of room. <laughs> what is it? Some kind no, of room? What is this, a A room? <laughs>
1: oh god what is this some kind of room (laughs)
0: some kind of room (laughs) uh um yeah so um yeah I, i i find her very charming i like her quite a bit um personally um
2: she has a YouTube channel during COVID and it is one of the funniest things ever. She's, she, uh, uh, obviously she like bakes and she like exercises on it. She's training for captain Marvel, but she played guitar and sang some of her awful, uh, comments as a song. <laughs> That's and it was one of my favorite things I've ever seen.
0: Um, if you guys want to listen to, I don't, I mention other podcasts too often, but anyways, if, um, on, a. She uh, was on the How Did This Get Made episode uh, for Supergirl. So that was a fun oh, episode. Yeah. yeah. Her and Jason Mantoukas talking about Supergirl for an hour and a half was fun. Oh, uh,
1: he's... Well, everyone on How Did This Get Made.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I feel I feel like they're a grand cousin to what we do. I think we're better sometimes, but I love that podcast, man.
0: <laughs> Them's fighting words, Josh. They're gonna hunt us down on the quad. <laughs> the podcast quad.
4: <laughs>
1: well, who here doesn't think they can take uh, Paul Shear? I'll say oh. Jason's a wild card. Maybe even June, but I feel like I could take Paul Shear.
0: No, Paul Shear's <laughs> Paul Shear is not a fighter. <laughs> well,
1: I'll cover Paul. You guys decide there.
0: Jason Manzucas, I'm pretty sure, would like bite an ear off or something, but
1: I was just watching the league again the other day. You know, he's El Canyado. <laughs> he's like, I'm gonna stab you for real with a knife. <laughs> yeah, he's a wild
0: card. He was in um uh, in uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. It, um, it was like, yeah, I was being held captive by by a um, uh, by a by a cartel. They kept feeding me the other prisoners, and what do you know? I got a taste for it. <laughs> Or
1: when he's on uh, The Good Place.
0: Oh, God, yeah.
1: What's-her-name's manufactured boyfriend? Uh, Derek? Derek, Derek,
0: that's it. He's just drinking the Uh, olives. (laughs) just just olives in a giant martini glass. (laughs) I love him. Uh, So, all right. uh, Yeah, anyways, um, Jason Manzucas is not in this movie, but Sam Jackson is as Nick Fury. We've talked about him Uh, numerous times. As
2: a... Youthified as they described it, uh, instead of de aged, yeah. Um, and so I listened to the director's commentary and they were like, We de youthified him. I was like, What? Or you don't need to do anything to that, yeah. You know, he's in his 70s he looks
1: like he's in his 40s,
0: yeah. Sam Jackson does not crack, um,
1: yeah. You do not need to de age.
0: He looked fine. I, this is some of the best
2: de-aging that we've seen because so much of the movie depends on it. He was 70 Colson's years old. It was obvious.
0: Yeah, Colson yeah. was a little uncanny valley. Um, but yeah, Sam Jackson was 70 years old when they made this movie. It's ridiculous. When he made this one. Yeah. It's ridiculous.
1: And Um, he saw his projects on the slate as Nick Fury. I love the man. I love that man.
0: There was one or two times when he was like doing something action-y and there was a little bit of like De Niro and the Irishman where he's like running like an old guy. But
1: But his face is so smooth.
0: De Niro. Have you ever have you noticed that De Niro anytime like he kicks somebody he does a T-Rex pose? Like in any Scorsese movie, when there's someone on the ground and he's <laughs> kicking him, his arms go up like this and he's doing like a T-Rex to kick. Oh, my God. I can picture him in Mean
1: Streets. You know that shot from below where he's on the pool table? Yeah. And he's just kicking the fuck out of all kinds of faces.
0: He does a T-Rex. His little I arms no go up. I no idea he did that. Yeah, he does that in right. every movie where he kicks somebody on the ground. Uh, yeah. I think he does in The Godfather too. He does. I'm going
1: back. He I'm does go. in, That's I think. Awesome.
0: I'm pretty sure he does. He do, absolutely does it in Goodfellas. He does it in The Irishman. I think he does it in Casino. He kicks lots of things in Goodfellas. Yeah. He's fucking. He's Pele in that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, we got Ben Mendelsohn as Talos. Um, we. I also
1: really like this actor.
0: Yeah, Ben Mendelsohn is great. Um, we've talked about him previously in um the dark knight rises who was he in the dark knight rises uh he oh yeah okay yeah, yeah. um the, and-
1: the bad guy billionaire a little you know yeah less than he's the, Wayne.
2: yeah he, he's the guy who says to bane i paid you he's like does that make you feel in charge or whatever you know <laughs> that's like, right Wah. are you
4: are you afraid
2: He's the guy who gets Ow. his hand when Bane rests his hand on his shoulder, which is my favorite flex in that whole movie. Yeah, yeah. and
1: he's he's also the he's on the board, uh, the yeah. board of Wayne Enterprises. That's he's right. trying to. He's like Bruce is never here, so fuck him.
0: <laughs> well, and he's in uh, Rogue One. Rogue. That's what I was going to mention. He, oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. he is. Uh, he's in Rogue One, which is, I don't know, for me personally, the role I most associate him with. Um, he played uh Krennic. Um, hmm. but I mean, of course, you know, he, we, we we've talked about him before. He's got, humor- well,
1: he was, if, has anybody seen the, the outsider, that Stephen King series on it? Yeah. I
2: was just about to bring that up. Yeah. With, yeah. Uh, he's what's name? Brilliant. It's yeah. It was produced by
1: Justin Bateman. Yeah. yeah. It's really good.
0: Um, he, wow. I was just looking. So his list of music videos he appeared in is strangely long for Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, He's Australian, I believe. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, he's a, he's a recording artist himself. Huh? Weird. That's wow. Cool. But um, yeah, that's why it's so long. But uh, he, his his first appearance in a music video was in an In video in 1993. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, Jimon Hunsu as Korath We have spoken about him previously Lee Pace in a couple of character. movies A few movies, yeah, yeah. Um, Lee Pace is running The Accuser uh, Lashana Lynch is Maria Rambeau um, Lashana yep. Lynch um, Let's see She got her start um, Let's see She was in The 739 uh, Fast Girls Um, was her first film role. Hmm. Uh, Powder Room. A lot of things I haven't heard of prior to Captain Marvel. Um, Since then, she was in No Time to Die. Uh, I don't know if
2: you guys have seen that. She's incredible, and she is, uh, spoiler alert, 007. She's
1: good in it. I was disappointed with the movie as a whole, but, yeah, she's really good.
0: Um, Yeah, so... um, that's uh, Lashana Lynch as Maria Rambo. Uh, uh, Gemma Chan as Minerva. Um,
2: uh, she's in uh, Eternals also.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Yep.
2: Huh. Yeah. Both her and Ham Hansu Hons- have played
0: multiple Marvel characters. Yeah, that's weird. That's a little weird. Um. Hmm. Uh. But yeah. So she. She was in I'm,
2: human, I think, was the BBC show. Um, yeah. Well, she's she, like a robot.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Humans. Yeah, she was. She, she was, was really good in that. That was her lead role. She she did a lot of um um like secondary character work in like Doctor Who, the IT crowd, Sherlock, um, that kind of stuff. A lot of BBC stuff. Um, oh, <laughs> she played Kerma in 23 episodes of Hotel Transylvania, the series. Yeah, that's
1: where I know
0: her right. Um, her, as far as her film roles go, um, kind of one of her big breakouts was in Jack Ryan: Shadow Recruit, uh, Fantastic Beasts. She was in Transformers: The Last Night. Oh, and of course, she was in Crazy Rich Asians. Um, hmm. yeah, uh, she, I don't remember her being in Crazy Rich Asians. That's interesting. Yeah, she played Astrid. Hmm. Um let's see Annette Benning as the supreme intelligence is this is this our first Annette Benning role for for harmless phosphorus i think so yeah weird right i think so um hmm uh wow so yeah I mean Annette Benning she's um uh long and storied career of course um she's Oh, God, she was uh, nominated for four Academy Awards over the years. Uh, the Grifters, she was great in The Grifters. Um, uh, she was <laughs> nominated for American Beauty, uh, uh, Being Julia and The Kids Are All Right. Um, uh, she got her start um, on the stage in the early 1980s uh, for the Colorado Shakespeare Company. Um, uh, yeah, you know, it's Annette Benning. <laughs> Everyone should know who Annette Benning is at this point. Um Clark Gregg is back as Phil Coulson. Jude Law is Jan Rog. I guess we haven't talked about him before uh, on this show. Um Jude Law uh, So, um he got his That's so weird. I feel like we really should have like he's been on this previously, but I guess not. Um he got his Let's see. He started. Uh, what was his first big role here? Um, Gattaca is what Gattaca, I remember. Gattaca. That was his first big breakout one yeah. in the late nineties. Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gattaca. Uh, but,
1: Road to Road to Perdition. Road to Perdition. That
0: was a big stuff. one. Um, he was in. Was uh, Sky see. Captain? Was that him? Sky Captain. Absolutely. Uh, oh, AI. AI. Oh. oh my god, that is yeah, a movie I would... was the
1: first time I noticed
0: him. That is a movie I would love to talk about sometime. Um, well, ooh. we
1: could easily because we're probably going to do Kubrick and we're probably going to do Spielberg, so it could be a nice transition.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Stephen promised to finish it for him. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, he did.
0: Um, he he uh, took over, he was one of the actors that took over for Heath Ledger in the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Yeah. Um, he was in. Oh, he. Uh, let's see. He was in. Uh, he played Watson in the Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes movies. Um, he's. Oh, he's playing Dumbledore in those stupid movies. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's
1: young Door. <laughs> younger, younger door.
0: <laughs> young door. Uh, uh, yeah. So Algenis Perez Soto as all At last, uh, Rune Temte as Braun Char. <laughs> Okay. Uh, Sharon Blinn as Soren and Robert Kaczynski as the biker who's mean to Carol Danvers. Hmm.
1: Yeah. Who's typical.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh.
1: He's not Clark particularly Greg? mean. That's
2: What's that's that? Did standard, you mention Clark Gregg already?
0: What's that? Did you mention Clark Gregg already? I did. Yeah. Clark Gregg back as okay. Coulson. I missed him. Yeah. Um. That rounds. I out. guess we talked about him in Avengers. Yeah, we did. We talked about him in in several um, Phase One movies, actually. Yeah. Um, so that rounds out the cast. That rounds out the production. We talked about the Rotten Tomatoes already. That basically brings us to the movie itself, guys. You ready to go ahead and uh, jump into this thing here?
3: For the good of all, Cree.
1: Hi
0: <laughs> right, for oh, the fast baby.
1: It's cute cute how hard we try.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. (laughs) It is cute. That's about the best I can say. (sighs) Uh, (laughs) All right, here we go. This is Captain Marvel. We open with a Marvel fanfare, but it's all Stan Lee. He he died during this film's production. Um, It has a special thank you to him. So, Stan the man,
1: and and his cameo—he he's playing himself. Yeah, his last cameo—he is the Stan Lee we know and love from our universe.
0: Yep,
2: pretty cool. Which I have a I have a question about. I don't know if now is a good time for it. Was his mall uh mallrats cameo the thing that gave us all these other cameos?
0: That's the first time I saw uh, him playing him like playing in like himself. a a film. And like, you know, it yeah. wasn't like a documentary or something. Yeah.
2: So like, yeah. was that an homage to that moment in Mallrats every time we saw him in movies after that? I just, I
1: well, don't know. It was also, watch. it was a chronology indicator as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. It was definitely that too. You know,
1: a lot of things to place you in the time that it takes place. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. So that's cool.
0: Cause Mallrats is a super nineties movie, like one of the nineties-est movies oh, yeah. ever.
1: <laughs> ever. Yeah. Porkies for the nineties, that's
0: what they wanted. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, um I think Mallrats is really what put him in the in the popular consciousness of Gen X in general outside of comic book fandom. Yeah.
3: Maybe yeah. in this movie he's practicing his lines for Mallrats.
2: I mean he, has he,
0: the is. he is, he has a script, yes. yeah.
2: Oh, I didn't because what does he say? Something, something true believer? Yeah, he yeah, he's, he's, yeah. he's yeah.
1: repeating the line that Kevin Smith has him say at the end of the of Jason Lee's conversation with him. Yeah, yeah. I
2: wasn't able
3: to read it. I just yeah heard the lines. Mm. Uh, yeah, he has a script in front of him. Yeah. Okay. With the actual logo. Yeah. So the SQ the
1: SQ universe. So.
2: Yeah, I love it. That means those movies exist in this universe. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's what I mean. That's our Stan Lee. That's our Stan Lee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally.
0: Yeah, so yeah. So Marvel Comics exist in this universe then. Or so, some form of them, at least.
1: Some form. Yeah. He's famous for something, yeah. yeah.
0: So, um, But then we cut to uh, a beach. We've got fire and debris. Uh, we see Brie Larson awaken with blue blood covering her. There's wreckage everywhere. There's Annette Benning, She wakes up. It was a dream.
1: <laughs> you sounded like Stefan for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> There's a beach, there's an explosion, blue blood, Annette Benning, the <laughs> human diaper fail. <laughs> Which is that thing where yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: so yeah, um we she has glowy hands, she's got a chip in her neck, she lives in Hala, the Cree homeworld. <laughs> I think I wrote the whole thing this way. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> uh uh she wakes up her mentor Jan Rog. We find out her Cree name is as Veers. Um, they spar since she can't sleep. She's got no memories. She was taken in by the Cree. She fights for them now. Jan Rog is training her to control her emotions and not use her glowy hands.
2: So this is the beginning of the this. Uh, to me, I'm just going to say this: starting now, this movie is about gaslighting. That's like the plot is him gaslighting her. Yeah, like textbook. Don't yeah. trust your emotions. Uh, your emotions can't help you. People will use them against you. Yeah, don't. You know? I
1: mean, right down to the very last battle. You know, he knows he can, he's going to lose. Yeah. So instead, he tries to do that sweet talk
2: thing. That I'm so proud yeah. of you. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's about. I mean, yeah. That's it's it's being in an abusive uh, 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 relationship. She uh, visits the Supreme Intelligence, who appears as whoever the person most respects. It controls all of Kree society. Guides people individually. It controls their, uh, their uh, 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 Spotify uh, algorithm. <laughs> it does everything. Um, it tells her she should be a good Cree <laughs> and go kill scrolls.
2: So in the comics, the Cree intelligence is a gigantic head like Zordon in the Power Rangers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Floating in a tube. It's really yeah. grotesque. Le- yeah,
1: tendrils, tendrils all around it. They yeah. made a good choice here.
2: <laughs> yeah, totally agree. Although I would have loved to see Annette Bening as a big green head,
0: <laughs> like Brian Cranston in the Power Rangers movie. <laughs> uh, so, um, she goes on a mission with a what are they called? Star Force. The um, group of Kree commandos—they're going to rescue an undercover operative infiltrating a group of Skrulls, who are alien shapeshifters with whom the Kree are at war. During the mission, they get surprised by a group of Skrulls, and Veers is captured by Skrull commander Talos. Um, before we get too far from
2: Hala, because we're not going to go back, I just—we uh, get to see blue Kree, pink Kree, and black Kree. Yeah. Which is really neat. So Jude Law is a Pink Cree, and they have Carol Danvers believing that she is a Pink, pink. Cree.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting that there is a multi-racial alien species because that doesn't happen in any sci-fi very often.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's it's really interesting to see. Well, and I wonder if uh, having one supreme intelligence to guide your utopia made that possible.
0: Mm. So you're saying also a
2: common enemy.
0: Yeah. So you're saying we need a supreme intelligence? I mean, uh, sign me
2: up. Plug me in. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't hurt at this point. Goog, Google's yeah. on a- it. Any intelligence would help.
0: <laughs> yes, an intelligence. We need an intelligence supreme or yeah. otherwise. Uh, I'm
2: done with the algorithm. Give me something that's intelligent. Yeah.
0: Ay. All
2: right. If we can achieve a nacho supreme.
0: Um, you can do anything. I would love a not, a supreme nacho intelligence. <laughs> but not nacho <laughs> the nachos are... Yeah. The, what? Not nacho from uh Better Call Salvo. <laughs> Love that <laughs> um, So, all right. Uh, we cut to her memories of being a test pilot with the Air Force. It's the scrawls. They're trying to get information out of her. They rewind. They fast forward. We see her riding go-karts as a child. She crashes. She's in basic training, being taunted by the male cadets. She's getting harassed in a bar, as one does in the 80s. Um, we meet her best friend, Maria Rambo, a fellow pilot. We meet her mentor, Wendy Lawson. She's the one that Talos is trying to find. Um, Let's see. Uh, Veers wakes up.
3: She's in a skirt. We also met Goose,
0: I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go- Goose was in there. Yeah. Goose the cat was in there.
2: Oh, yeah. And uh, and she says she doesn't take kindly to people. I'm yeah. surprised she likes you.
0: Yeah. Um, Goose, of course, named after Goose uh, from a... Top Gun, assume yep. you know.
2: Anthony Edwards.
0: Yep. yep. Uh, let's see. Veers wakes up. She's in a scroll. Oh,
2: in this visual hmm. moment, uh, I just want to. There's a burning piano. Hmm. Um. Which uh, I just barely there's a single glimpse of it. That's what they do when a pilot dies. Is they uh. burn a piano. I guess there was an RAF pilot who was an incredible piano player, and when he died, the bar that they had. 't they didn't know what to do so the pilots burned the piano so no one would ever play it again and now it is a traditional thing oftentimes when a pilot dies in the Air Force they burn a piano on the tarmac
0: see I thought it was because she didn't start the fire
2: I thought it was a reference to <laughs> you shake my nerves and you rattle my brain
0: yeah great <laughs> Anthony of <fire>. Daniels yeah falls <laughs> of fire
2: that's literally what I thought I was like oh that's really interesting but yeah I looked it up and I was like oh that's even cooler I-
1: I heard she played what was it? the rock the rock three, the rock Two. <laughs> <laughs> she, she played it so intensely it just caught him
0: <laughs> like
1: uh, Shiny McShine shine from the movie Shine.
0: <laughs> Mr. Shine from the movie Shine. <laughs> <laughs> you remember. Uh, so, um, yeah, she's in a scroll ship. Her brain's being probed. We find out that Lawson, is uh, they're trying to find her because she was building a lightspeed engine. I think we should briefly touch on how space travel works in the MCU because this can be kind of confusing if you're not clear on it. Yeah. Because they travel from planet to planet across the galaxy all the time, something which, in theory, you would think would take a lightspeed engine, but they, what they actually do is use jump points, which are stable um, uh, artificial wormholes.
2: Yeah. I, and I don't think they're created by the ships that use them. They yeah. are created by a stationary object nearby that does the yeah. thing. Yeah.
0: It's, it's like we've a, seen in
2: Guardians that they have to get to the jump point. Jump point. Right. Yeah. A yeah. yeah. solar system that has something of value and it has a jump point.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so they, yeah, it's that's how they travel. So if there's not a jump point nearby, you have to travel slower than light from one place to another, which can take quite a while. This is one of those
2: things that makes the Marvel Universe feel more lived in. Um, cause it's like, how long has that existed? Has that existed for millions of years? Thousands of
0: years? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, Which is
2: kind of neat to consider that the Kree and the Skrull have been fighting for millennia.
0: Yeah, it's it, it is interesting, and it's also... It's interesting. The species that don't really utilize the jump points much, like the Asgardians, <laughs> they're like, "We've got the Rainbow <laughs> Bridge, and that's yeah. <laughs> that's a good enough for us."
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. We're in no hurry.
0: Uh, well, to- and they seem.
2: Oh, go ahead, Al. Uh, according
3: to the interwebs, um, the jump points are part of the Universal Neural
0: Teleportation Network there you go at t um <laughs> but they rebranded wait, as singular
2: it's literally at t um U- untn oh untn i can't spell <laughs> um yeah yeah it's an interesting aspect i think the asgardians understand space travel in a magical way because when they go up the devil's anus yeah it's yeah. like that'll take us somewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the S Guardians just assume all of their technology is magic because they interact with it that'll so seamlessly. Take us somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And because, you know, they're all not very bright. <laughs> um, so they just assume that it's magic and not technology made by their forebears. Um, they are
1: not very bright. None of them.
0: No, even Loki. I mean, and he's not even a native Asgardian, he's the smartest, and he's even clever. He's, he's clever, but is he bright? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. They all seem kind of dim-witted, even Odin. Yeah, everyone yeah. but Hela, I guess. <laughs>
0: yeah, um, so all right, um, she uh breaks out of her bonds, he fight, she fights her way through the ship, um, causing it to crash. She, several, um, there's some escape pod hijinks several of the scrolls crash land in an escape pod as does she right into a blockbuster video somewhere in the LA area um she gets uh, pointed to a radio shack by a security guard after she asks where she can find a communications equipment that security
2: guard uh that's a cameo that is the marvel head of security who had never been in a movie before wow. and actually tried out for the role
3: huh fun
0: Wow, that's awesome! That, that was cool. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: let's see. We see. The- yeah, I love it because uh, the the movie theater has their
0: own guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh let's see. We see the Skrulls landed in the ocean just off the coast. They turn into humans and set out to find Veers, as uh, they consider her the key to finding Lawson. Uh, Veers manages to hook up a Game Boy and a payphone to make an intergalactic call. Um, she didn't why I wonder why she didn't simply call collect and say it's <laughs> we add a baby, it's it's a boy.
2: Oh my god. <laughs> when when she turns on the little communication device uh out of her fingertips, it makes the Game Boy turn on chime sound. Aww. Which I thought was a really
0: nice like sound touch. Oh, uh, yeah. Um we of course it, like instantly see that it's the nineties um from the blockbusters and technology and all
2: she picks up the right stuff too that like nails the yeah that's cute. Of, yeah of adult becoming sh- pilots you know raised she on that
1: shoots the uh true lies cut out
0: yeah arnold specifically yeah. Uh, Was that arnold is that her first arnold is jamie lee yeah.
1: yeah yeah i totally saw that in the theater and oh, oh true lies saw. yeah
0: <laughs> yeah um so she uh let's see Wait, this makes it ninety four, right? Ninety five. It's ninety five. Ninety five. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah, it's ninety five. Um, I have one question about one era specific thing, but it's it's later on. It's not super big though. It's tiny. Um. <laughs> uh, I will just tell it now. Later on, where um she's at the supreme and talking to the supreme intelligence, and she hears "Come as you are." That's fine. That was zero specific for 95, but she left earth in 89. So she would not have known come as you are, would not have been a song to which she associated anything with, even if she heard it when she got back in 95 on her run here.
2: I, that's what I assumed was like all the music and stuff that she got was in her, you know, four or five days traveling through LA, listening to the radio. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's entirely possible. Um, so, anyways, um, she uh, talks to Yon tells him they're on Earth. The Skrulls are after lightspeed technology. Yon sets out to retrieve her. It's going to take a little while to get there, as there's not a jump point near Earth. She decides to find Lawson herself. Uh, Shield shows up. We get a young Nick Fury and a young Agent Coulson. Um, they attempt rookie
2: Agent Coulson. Rook- like this yeah. is his first like week. Yeah, it F-
0: seems. Fury keeps calling him Rook. Yeah. Um, they attempt to take her into custody, but she gets attacked by a scroll. She chases after it while Fury and Colson chase after her. Um, she loses the scrolls, but does get a little crystal thingy, which she can stick in her arm. <laughs> um, Fury realizes that Colson is actually a scroll and ends up getting in a car crash, killing the shapeshifter.
2: The body swap was really, really, really. Really subtly done because it's almost to the point where it's like, how did that happen? But there's like four seconds where he's not in the frame where it could have happened. Mm. Yeah, that's
1: well and it we didn't have to go through some like drawn out um you know complicated convincing of Nick Fury. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like that's all it took and we
2: were all caught up to speed. I love that. Yeah, yeah. that happens. Well, and it sets up that that moment for later, because if we had done that twice, it would have felt worn out when he says the the cuba conversation in the elevator
0: yeah well and okay so i just i really love i'm gonna bring it up here because i really love this whole middle part of the movie especially because it's um, it's very much a 90s kind of um, like uh, uh political thriller kind of thing like it's for, like the net or enemy of the state like, the, the guy on the run, the person on the run from the from the government, and they don't know, like, it plays with those tropes. The fugitive. Long. The fugitive, yeah. It plays with all yeah. of those 90s thriller tropes. That was a 90s. Really, yeah, in a really fun way. So I really enjoyed that they did that. Because that's that's a way of referencing the 90s that's not like, you know, a blockbuster video <laughs> or something. It's not like an obvious thing. They're actually using the tropes of the time. So that was fun. Um. So, uh, let's see. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, Veers, Alta Vista's Wendy Lawson, and Project Pegasus. Alta
1: Vista. All of Pawnee, Indiana only uses Alta
2: Vista. So, so that's a question that I had. How does she read English? I mean, obviously, she grew up reading English. Isn't that concerning? Universal Translator. Oh, that's true. Yeah, she has that a universal tra- translator, it translate- so she probably chalk it up.
0: Yeah, so that translates text as well as sound. I guess. Yeah. I guess. I mean, I mean, it's it universal. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nice we mentioned the she mentions a universal translator because that answers a lot of. We always assumed there was something like that, but it explicitly yeah. states that that's how everyone Some in the MCU talks to each other. Yeah, exactly. Um so uh, let's see. She finds the location of the airbase she was stationed at, steals a motorcycle, and heads out. Uh, meanwhile,
2: oh, and steals a super cool fit too. Yeah, she does. Yeah, she, she goes would. with the the grunge
1: outfit particularly. Yeah.
0: Yep. Um, meanwhile, she,
1: like you said, she would have missed that. Yeah, yeah. Somewhat.
2: Yeah. yeah. But we do hear her singing. I don't know what the song is they're singing in the bar, but it's "Kiss Me punk. Deadly." It's Kiss, Kiss Me, Me, Deadly, Me Deadly, Deadly by, I believe, Lita, Lita Ford. Ford. Lita Ford, yeah. 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 So that kind of fits that she would pick up on this style.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean.
1: Yeah. Great. It's just the clothing. She didn't choose yeah. grunge, but, you know, yeah. like the rope pointed, there were things that happened <laughs> while years was ago. Did,
2: <laughs> did we get our, an
0: explicit five years? Six years. She left in Six 89. She she, she left in 89, came back in 95. Okay. Yeah, so and she, they
1: do mention it several times. Yeah,
0: yeah, six years. Yeah, so yeah, so she basically missed missed the whole grunge thing, as well as Clinton. Um, <laughs> uh, she's like, "Wait, Johnny's not on the Tonight Show anymore." <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Shield performs an alien autopsy. Uh. Um. Fury's. Boss tells him to head out to find Veers to see if they can work together to discover more of uh, the shapeshifters. We discover that Fury's boss, who looks suspiciously like Ben Mendelssohn, is actually Talos in disguise.
1: Right. So it begs the question: Is Fury's does Fury's boss have an Australian accent, or does Talos the Scroll have an Australian accent? Because they both do.
2: I think it was just, <laughs> it's just coincidence.
1: funny. It was just hey. coincidence. So it's just like, a coincidence, That's his boss.
2: Yeah. Maybe he's from Skrull Australia. Skrull <laughs>
3: Australia. When we first meet him, he has a an American accent, correct?
0: The boss? Ben Mendelsohn as the boss? Yeah. As Bruce Springsteen? The, the
2: director. Oh, does he? He does, actually. No, I mention it?
3: In this scene with the alien autopsy, he does have an American accent. It's later when he's re- revealed to uh, Fury that he yeah. lets his scroll accent out <laughs> well scroll. like on the beach and
0: when they're on the spaceship only he, he has sounds yeah <laughs> right all right well he's also the only scroll we hear speak english we no, don't his wife and his kids his, his kids they say something in english oh the that's right a few people things, yeah. yeah when they get on the ship they do okay yeah that's right all right but universal translators i'm talking about an accent yeah yeah no the but, accent yeah. yeah for sure um uh so um let's see veers arrives at the bar near the airbase to find fury already there fury making record time to a bar which he had to figure out the location of after carol already left on a motorcycle
2: well the magic of alta vista yeah and he had the full the full power of shield at his uh availability that's true i guess
0: yeah um so they decide, they, they uh, get to know each other. They decide to join up and find out what the aliens are after. Um, uh, we, we get our big
2: uh, continuity question. He can't eat toast that's been sliced diagonally. Yet, we see Nick Fury eat diagonally sliced toast in Age of Ultron. Yes, we do. Has, <laughs> has he always been a squirrel? Hmm.
0: Yeah, at what point did Nick Fury? Well, we're
2: gonna find out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and they're gonna they're gonna have fun with that concept. I'm sure at some point they'll secret show secret invasions like, coming. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really curious as what point Fury became a scroll.
2: I, I hope it's before Age of Ultron. I hope that there's a moment where we see him briefing a scroll, saying like, "Look, you gotta, you really gotta feed Tony Stark's ego <laughs> when you talk to him, <laughs> like."
0: Yeah, well, well and it begs the question the, then He was
2: off planet for yeah. a while. So okay. yeah. So
0: yeah. so then the question is is did did Nick Fury even get dusted or did the scroll get dusted?
2: Yeah, and what happens is you're a scroll? You just get dusted and you don't change back.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: We'd have to ask the Beastie Boys. They're the <laughs> experts on getting <laughs>
0: dusted. Uh so um
1: PCP is like gamma radiation. <laughs> anyone can be a superhero <laughs> uh,
0: Fury leads her to a nearby secret facility where Project Pegasus is housed they enter the base on Fury's credentials um, but they get locked up by base security um, that was a little weird because like, the base security like locked them up and then just disappeared completely from the movie <laughs>
2: Well, I assume that someone was supposed to come and talk to them that was not base security, so their work was done
0: right but but I mean all the everybody in that base disappeared after they got locked up because everyone they fair. fight later on is sh- the shield agents under Ben Mendelssohn
2: yeah well, was that place mothballed, possibly Project mm. Pegasus wasn't active after lost Oh,
0: so maybe security were the only people in the base, yeah. That
2: was what I assumed. Secure. And they were like waiting for someone to arrive. Well, someone
0: has to stick around and feed Goose, who's been living in that uh, base
2: for six years. Well, Goose is a flurkin, so who knows what that thing needs to eat. Right. That's where all the security guys went. Uh, the, oh, Goose
0: ate them. Actually, maybe.
2: <laughs> really high turnover for an offsite security job.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah. So, anyways, they get out. They find Goose, um, and then go through some files and discover that Veers was a pilot presumed to have died in 1989 while testing an experimental light speed engine. Her name is Carol Danvers. Uh, she calls Jan Rog, who tells her that Lawson was Marvell, an undercover agent helping them win the war against the Skrulls. He tells her he's on his way to Earth. Leave her beacon on so he can find her. Fury secretly calls to inform SHIELD of their location. The SHIELD team arrives. Fury realizes his boss is a scrawl and uh decides to help Veers escape with a little help from Colson. They get away in a prototypes quinjet with Goose as a stowaway.
2: The, the move that uh Jan Rog uses. Oh, actually, she was a spy. Actually, she was fighting for us. Leave your, your locator on. I'm coming to get you. Mm-hmm. Is again, I'm it was the most like toxic relationship thing ever. Like, oh, that seems really dangerous. I'll come get you. Don't worry. I, I'm here. I'll make you safe.
0: I imagine a lot of the people that were um, upset with Brie Larson that were brigading this movie also uh, identified with Jan Rog more than they probably felt should have. Well,
2: and I think that because people aren't aware of, like, those dynamics or aren't willing to pick at that and, like, understand it, that the payoff at the end of this movie didn't work for them.
0: hmm Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They're like, she should have just fought him hand to hand. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's not the fucking point. <laughs> like, yeah. that's the opposite of the point. It's
2: like the Hulk, the Hulk should fight people by not turning into the Hulk. that's yeah. really dumb.
0: Exactly. exactly. Oh, I, uh, what I meant to mention before about the whole Rotten Tomatoes thing is that this movie actually caused them to change their policy. So um, yeah. they no longer allow um, uh, non-critic ratings prior to a film's opening.
2: And I think depending on the movie, you have to show proof of having seen the movie. You need a ticket stub yeah. photograph to review. Yeah. Depending on the
0: movie. I don't think that's for everything, but for something that may be contentious. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyways. Uh, t- 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 meanwhile, uh, they fly to Louisiana to meet Maria Rambeau, the last person to see uh, Carolyn Lawson arrive. alive. Rambeau and her daughter, Monica, um, meet them there in Louisiana, reveal that um Carol Danvers was once like family to them. Um, they uh, reconnect. Uh, Maria thought that Carol was dead. Talos arrives unarmed and explains that the Skrulls are refugees searching for a new home and that Lawson was Marvell, a renegade Cree scientist helping them, not working for the Cree.
3: I love this whole scene in the living room. Uh, with when Talos shows up,
0: he's
2: drinking a milkshake. Yeah. Yes. <laughs>
3: um. Yeah. It was just silly, and uh, his he, his suit looked good. Um. He just suddenly, didn't look like a, a warrior. Yeah. Well, yeah. See, that's the thing Our is you you cast ben,
0: you cast Ben Mendelsohn, who's well known to pl- for playing villains in this role, and he plays it super casual. And you think that that's just the kind of villain he is, and then he's like, like, no, I loved this. I love Ben Mendelsohn, well, like, and he's a spy,
2: yeah, like Fury. So, like, it makes sense oh. for him to be duplicitous. Um, and in this moment, this is thematically, this moment shows why John Rog is a bad guy. And uh Ta- Talos is not because he 's like i 'm standing before you in my true form. I am here telling you all of the truth,
0: yeah, exactly, whereas
2: at no point does Jude Law tell her anything that is one hundred percent true
0: yeah, I love that dichotomy because yeah, because Talos is a spy, someone whose job is to deceive, who reveals himself and tells the truth, whereas um, her her mentor Jan Rog is supposed to have been telling her the truth and is revealed to. Um, be full of nothing but deceit well and what does she describe
2: the Kree as warrior heroes yeah yeah noble warrior heroes like wow they really laid it on thick you're not noble you're not warriors you're not heroes you're all three all yeah, at the same time
0: yeah like <laughs> okay comrade yeah for real um yeah so uh let's see Talos uh, plays a recovered black box recording from Lawson's jet. Um, uh, Carol remembers the crash. Uh, Jan Rog killed Marvell to prevent her from destroying the engine before the Kree could recover it. Destroying the engine herself, Carol absorbed the energy from the ensuing explosion, gaining her powers but losing her memory.
2: I really liked how they just won and done she was dead. She got shot and she was not bleeding out. There was no, like, Carol, help me. Like, we we went through that after the crash. She mm-hmm. gets shot and she is dead.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That was, yeah. Um Talos gets freaked out by Goose, says it's a flerken. <gasps> I love that whole bit because then later on where they say, can you turn into a cat? And he says, what's a cat?
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and then later on uh sam jackson says mother flerken mother
0: flerken <laughs> that's right uh, um yeah so huh was the milkshake never mind never mind okay anyways th- there was a few pulp fiction references in here i thought with Sam Jackson. Uh,
2: yeah, I'm 100% sure that him drinking the milkshake was a yeah, Pulp, fiction. A pulp yeah. fiction reference.
1: There were movie references throughout, but yeah,
2: yeah
1: I'm sure there were.
0: Um, I don't see how you can work with Sam Jackson and not make a Pulp Fiction reference, especially since he's so right. willing to do them. Um, uh,
2: uh, well, it's like his grave uh, in in something has the... Ezekiel, whatever, quote.
0: 2517, as, yeah, is written yeah. on there, yeah.
2: Yeah,
1: which isn't real.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> um, so anyway... Doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. So he explains to Carol the Cree are the aggressors in the war. The scrolls are living as refugees. They want the lightspeed engine to escape the Cree and find a home where they will be safe. Uh, Carol agrees to help them find Marvell's lab, which is orbiting Earth... They're gonna modify the quinjet to get into space.
2: I love the moment where because humans are dumb on the galactic scale of things, but they he, they describe the coordinates and the two pilots and the spy go, Oh yeah, no, 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 that's like a orbiting location. Yeah. yeah. And the this advanced aliens are like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> we didn't have to land here. <laughs> like, it's just a great reveal it like we're very clever and we're very uh, adept at navigation as like a race of people
0: yeah yeah that that was fun i do have a question though about um with the quinjet when it goes into space i guess it could have been part of their modifications but it has like a gravity function in it that they turn on yeah that's a budget
2: saving device for sure uh um, um,
0: <laughs> yeah it's, I, but, but it's I guess we. Sorry, did.
2: it's revealed at some point
3: that this is actually a quad jet, so it's a precursor to the quinjet.
0: Quad mm. instead of quin.
2: Ah. Well, I, I I assume that that kind of technology is so readily available and accessible to someone like a scroll that it's just something that they can create from raw materials. Fair enough. Yeah, they I did g- have the science there. Yeah, I guess yeah. they
0: would. It would have been part of their modifications. Yeah, makes sense. I guess. Um, yeah. So uh, let's see. Uh Carol convinces Maria to go with her into space um and then Carol and Monica choose the new colors for her suit. Um there's a few cool Easter egg things in there with the colors being chosen. Both comic the black
2: and silver, right?
0: Yeah, that and at one point she has uh the Iron Man colors and yeah. She
1: has the green and white at one point, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: Original Marvel.
0: Yeah. So um, yeah, some fun stuff there. Um, the next day, Jan Rog arrives and meets with Carol, who he discovers is a scrawl. He kills the scrawl and figures out that Carol knows the truth and decides to call in Ronin to destroy the Earth. Meanwhile, Maria, Talos, and Carol, and Fury, and Goose <laughs> find Lawson's secret laboratory orbiting Earth. They decloak it and board the lab, finding a bunch of sc- scrawls hiding there, including Talos' family. And the Tesseract. The power. It's been off planet. Yeah, the power source of Lawson's engine. So it's been off planet since 89. Apparently it was in that underground. Well, ex, okay, so Cap would have returned it to the 70s. So, okay, so let's follow the Tesseract. So it got stolen by the Nazis in the 40s. Then um, Howard Stark got it after Red Skull died. Um, and it then crashed. it briefly
2: disappeared into the future.
0: Well, yeah, it stayed there until the 70s under Howard Stark's control. Yeah. Briefly disappeared into the future, came back to the 70s, stayed with S.H.I.E.L.D. until 89 when uh, it went into space on the uh, thing. And then here we are in 89.
2: Uh, oh, or 95. Right, ni-
0: 95, yeah, sorry, 95. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, then okay, so they find the tesseract that was the source power source of Lawson's engine and what gave Captain Marvel her powers. Um, they put the tesseract in a f- Fonzie lunchbox. Uh, st- it's a
1: no, not just Fonzie, you know, Carol. It wasn't, they weren't all happy
0: days, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so uh, Starforce arrives, takes them captive. Jan Rog is going to kill the rest of the Skrulls, Maria and Fury. But first, he makes Carol interface with the Supreme Intelligence in an effort to mind wipe her back into being a Kree. They like
2: really connected her to it, like it, more than they usually do. Yeah. Yeah. Restrained like, her to it.
0: Plugged her straight in. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting visual choice instead of her being like, here, you sit here while you do this and we'll tie you up. They like. Yeah, she's too powerful. The Supreme Intelligence tied her up. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, meanwhile, Fury, Maria, and Talos escape their captivity with the help of Goose, who eats people. Um, well, I guess they had to pardon
1: me. They had to illustrate literal bondage. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: The yeah. The next yeah.
1: thing. The next thing was the bondage. But yeah, to see her break out of those bonds. Yeah. yeah. Very symbolic.
0: FYI, anybody, if someone puts a chip in your neck. That's a bad sign. You don't unless yeah.
1: it's unless it's a cool ranch Dorito. <laughs> yes. Otherwise, except no chips. Yeah.
2: Once killed a man with a Cool Ranch Dorito, stabbed him right in the neck. <laughs> right in the neck <laughs> neck bone. Um
1: yeah. Chips and necks. They're they're no good, folks. Yeah. Hits.
0: Hits. Yeah. Yeah. Children. So, yeah. Spoilers for Stranger Things season four. <sighs> Um, anyway, so uh, sh- let's see, she fights... Okay, so she- um, while she's talking to the uh, Supreme Intelligence, she finds her inner strength through her past failures, wakes up, destroys the inhibitor-, inhibitor chip in her neck, and allows her and reaches her full potential as a superhero. Um, She, uh... I enjoyed this. I love a message. Sometimes Marvel does feel a little pandering, though. Not nearly as pandering as we get in Endgame, though, in that one scene.
1: Well,
2: and yeah. I, I mean, um, I really arguably, liked it. Arguably, I think that it depends on the audience for, for what is being presented. Like, is it pandering if people feel represented by it? Yeah. Well, okay. Like, yeah. Good you know, point. A 10 a year old girl is going to feel really cool seeing. Uh, a bunch of women on screen doing cool stuff, whereas like a thirty-year-old man like me, I was like, oh, this is interesting. Like it's not for me, and I'm super cynical I about mean, those kinds of that, things. That's,
0: I mean, that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, we're 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 sitting yeah. here in Pride Month, where like the CIA tweeted a pro. A pride, yeah, like tweet, like so. Like, yeah, I feel very cynical, but you're right, you're right. If if there's a 10 year old girl, different from that, if there's yeah. a 10 year old girl that feels em- emboldened or empowered by it, then it does its job. And who the hell yeah. am I? I think to it's worth call it it's pandering.
2: worth doing it for that, you yeah. Know? Uh,
1: the, yeah, the industry is literally built upon pandering, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, hey, that's <laughs> how you find every an audience, no you shit, know? that was, just,
2: yeah, yeah, um. And for this, like, because they really like the the gaslighting thing is they're being pretty obvious with it, you know. Yeah. Even though it's subtle, um, this is an allegory now that you can point to and say, like, "Oh, you want to understand it? Watch this movie that came out, you know, in twenty twenty or whatever year this movie came out. Um, it will explain it for you."
0: Yeah, I can't
2: think or, of a movie or, that really did gaslighting in a way that was like presentable oh, and like a a thriller, Alien, you know,
1: Alien a little bit.
0: Oh yeah. And maybe even point.
1: aliens. Yeah. Nobody listened to Ripley. Nobody yeah.
0: listened to Ripley. The
1: crazy lady and her cat. <laughs>
0: um Andrea mentioned that the dude telling her to smile is similar to Supergirl's first interaction with men on Earth. Yeah.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. A little less rapey, but same vibe.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally same
1: vibe. Uh, uh Yeah, the, like, smile uh, shit, but then also at the end fighting uh, Jude Law's character. Um, You know, it was a joke on villains in general, because villains love to monologue right before the battle, but I just loved her, like, I'm done listening to -hmm. your shit. Like, I I don't want to hear you speak anymore. Yeah. (laughs) I just love that. Yeah. That's a powerful move.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm
1: not gonna let you have your last white man say you don't get the last word.
0: Yeah, well, and also, <laughs> I'm also, I, I, yeah, I'm not. You don't get to set the boundaries or the rules for me anymore. I get to well, decide there's
2: that too. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. There's all of that in one little.
2: Story. Well, and we get we get the visuals of that with the fight itself as it escalates. You see her. I love all of the fighting that we get because. It shows her discovering not only is she powerful, but like she has all three dimensions of play. She can do anything, mm-hmm. literally right. like, freedom of movement there were
1: There were great fight scenes, great choreography in this. there was, yeah. it, it was I, love how, I love how many times she would throw a body in the air and then kick it like you would a yeah, soccer ball. I yeah. love that.
0: That was fun. it was also it was it was fun that it was to just a girl, you know. Um, uh, when I first saw it, this totally. fell
2: flat for me. Every time I've watched oh. it since I grow to I've grown to love this scene and every time it's better I, because oh, now I, I understand the context well. of like she, all she could do was have twinkle fingers before and now that's coursing through every inch of her body and she's figuring yep. out what that means like it's I didn't get that as well as I wish I had the first time. Right? Is that well? Uh, yeah.
1: Say what you want, but Gwen Stefani wrote some empowering songs. She again. did. So Hell yeah!
0: Absolute, absolutely, she did. And and that song is, is the perfect, balance of um, empowerment and also just being a fun, upbeat song to have a fight yeah, to.
1: Still has the it has the needle drop quality yeah. to yep. it, as well.
3: My favorite uh, part of this scene was the Nerf dart in the face.
0: <laughs> that was fun.
3: So good. The, the, Brie, Brie Larson's reaction is just priceless.
0: Yeah. So and then the,
2: there, side turn. There was a deleted scene of the this. What do they call them? Star Force. Mm-hmm. They're like bantering before they go out on a mission, and they have a moment where they're like kind of caddy with each other, and it's fun, and it really fleshed this out a little bit more. This was still funny, but I wish we'd gotten a. a Another minute with the Star Force team to establish that she is beating up all of her friends.
0: Yeah, yes. Yeah, that would have been nice because, yeah, she's like, Is that why we never hung out? No, I just didn't like you very much.
2: Yeah. They're all all literally just enabling Jude Law Mm -hmm. to do what he's been doing to her.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, and that was even a little commentary on the cattiness Mm -hmm. that female dynamics live in. Like, Yeah. yeah. Why, why would she want to? You know. Oh, is that why we aren't friends? Neither of them want to be friends with each other. Yeah, but they want to know why they don't like each other. <laughs> yeah, so <Very> strange. Uh,
0: <laughs> so during the fight with Starforce, she takes the tesseract, in um, the lunchbox, finds the others. Uh, Goose eats the tesseract. She keeps the box to create a diversion while the others take the uh, scrolls and the quad jet to escape. Um, this is the big fight with Starforce. Um, one of them uh, goes after the quad jet. Um, the fight with yon Rog ends up moving into a smaller ship, which crashes. Uh, Carol is falling to Earth. She learns she can fly. Maria defeats the person. Um, I had,
3: had a couple theories on this uh, because she wasn't really flying before when she was doing her vertical moves up on the space station. She was using her, like, force blasts to Propel her, yeah, um, and yeah, so she just kind of accepts falling, uh, and then we see her eyes flash. Oh, so, so the first theory, um, she absorbs energy, and I feel like the free fall allowed her to tap into kinetic and potential energy, um, or -hmm. gravitational energy therein. Uh, my second theory is that she threw herself at the ground and missed.
2: <laughs> Works
0: every time. Yeah. Uh.
1: Well, I thought you were going to take it, you know, because there's that montage of her getting up and her whole life. Her whole personal story was, you know, being knocked down and getting
2: back up. Well, and the visual of her falling. She falls into the earth. Yeah. And then gets back up. She doesn't stop herself from falling, which I thought was a cool choice, too, because she could have done the, like, ooh, we almost crashed maneuver. Mm. But, like, she's so powerful that it doesn't matter. She could crash into the planet and be fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so, all right. She, uh, at this point, uh, let's see. Maria defeats the pursuing Starforce pilot. Goose scratches Fury's eye. <laughs> and just then Ronan arrives. He fires warheads at the earth but carol destroys them along with one of ronin's ships and so Ronan runs away he bravely ran well, away she
2: threatens them
0: yeah she
2: goes up there and threatens them she yeah and the, the iconic shot of her putting her fist into her palm mm-hmm. from the comic book cover i forget whose, whose cover that was but that's a great, like, yeah. throwback well, to Yeah, and the way, the
0: way she does that and the power just, like, waves off of her. That was, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. Um, she flies
2: back to Earth. Oh, she starfishes through uh, the, the fighter jets that come out to get her, and that's when she realizes that she is essentially invulnerable and that she is actually having fun. Yeah. The woo yep. moment is one of my favorite moments. Like, I remember in the theater, I was like, pumping my fist. I was like, fuck yeah. I would, I would be so stoked if I could just fly through shit. Oh my God. Yeah. She, she doesn't pull a Superman and fly like a speeding bullet. She's just like tossing herself into things basically.
0: Yeah. 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 She just rips through things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, she flies back to earth easily defeats Jan Rog, Um, not in hand to hand combat, sends him back to hollow with a warning for the Supreme intelligence.
2: She drags his ass through the desert back to his <laughs> ship. while he is pleading.
0: Yeah., uh, it was
2: awesome. The
3: holding the hand out like, I'm gonna help you up, and yeah. then just dragging him.
0: Yeah,. Beautiful. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> hilarious. Uh, was later, the good revenge. guys. Yeah. Later, the good guys celebrate around Maria's dining room. The Scrolls decide they're gonna go look for a home. Carol says she's gonna go with them. Uh, Maria looks like she may join S.H.I.E.L.D. as a pilot um, and Carol gives Fury a pager to contact her in case of emergencies. She says goodbye to Maria and Monica and she flies off into the night sky escorting the Skrulls away from Earth.
2: She, she is their engine basically Yeah. when they fly away from Earth which is really neat. Um, their conversation around the table uh, Maria says to the Skrulls you're welcome to stay here which means they're welcome back. And I assume that that's going to be the connection because we've seen that, spoiler alert, for WandaVision. We've seen that was they gonna continue say, to have a relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they probably did come back and stay with Monica and yeah. Maria from time to time. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um. Well, no one told
1: me life was going to be this. Oh, different Monica.
0: I was yeah. <laughs> It was the 90s, yeah. Sometimes later, Fury has lost his eye. He and Kolsing, uh get to know each other, he decides to rename his Protector Initiative, which he's starting since he discovered the existence of aliens, to the Avenger Initiative in honor of Carol's call sign. We roll credits.
2: I wish we had gotten some sort of, uh, tee up for that, instead of it just being that was her name. Yeah. Like, she should have been watching the Avengers movie from the 60s or something. <laughs>
0: yeah that would have been fun um so the pager we'll, we'll get to the uh, after credits sequence in a minute but the pager um she said for emergencies only what constitutes an emergency in nick fury's mind does does a Chitari invasion constitute an emergency so
2: i think that was his opportunity to prove his concept that the avengers would work I think if they had nuked New York, he would have clicked that button. Mm. It would have been too late, and he would have made a huge mistake. But I think he was he was testing the Avengers initiative.
0: He was taking he was he was taking a shot on it, like that. He yeah yeah yeah, yeah makes sense. Um, yeah, that one. Um, I guess that's the Age biggest... of Ultron
2: to me is the big question. A- like, dude, I would have totally called her to defeat this AI.
0: I mean, to be f- yeah yeah. I, I think Age of Ultron's the the other big, big question one.
2: Because Ultron was going to enslave humanity, mm-hmm. and then destroy them afterward. Instead, you right. know, like,
0: yeah, um, I almost feel like Age of Ultron would have made more sense than um, as far as what Nick Fury was aware of in um, in Infinity War, because he knew something was going on, but he didn't know what the extent of it was when he clicked that pager, so. Yeah. Although I feel like he was clicking it because he saw himself starting to dust and figured this is his last chance to click it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so, uh, yeah, in the mid credit sequence, we cut to 2018 at the Avengers compound. The activated pager is being monitored by, let's see, we got Black Widow, we got Captain America, Bruce Banner, and uh, Rhodey. Yep. Um Carol Danvers appears looking for Fury. Then in a post credit scene, Goose climbs onto Fury's desk and throws up the Tesseract. <laughs>
2: Which thereby the circle is complete. Yeah. And we know how it got to that uh Project Pegasus again. Yeah,
0: that underground facility where it's uh at when Loki comes to take it.
2: Which Project Pegasus went then under the shield umbrella.
0: Yep. Yeah, exactly. So um, that's the movie. Like I said, I liked it a lot more um, than I did the first time I saw it. It really grew on me. Yeah. I like it a lot, yeah. So um, I don't know. Final thoughts and answered questions? Did they work for uh, Captain Carter or what's-her-face?
2: Agent Carter? The... Was she the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. at this point?
0: I don't know. I don't know. I haven't Which watched the Captain she... Carter series, and I'm even unclear on to whether that is actually canon well, MCU. Did she
2: blip or no? Well, like Ant Man era. Like, was Ant Man era Michael Douglas, was that early 90s? That, that was, was
0: 80s. That was late 80s when. Oh, so, well, well, no, 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 no. When he was Ant Man, that was the 70s. When he was getting mad at Howard Stark, that was the end of uh, leaving, that was the uh, late 80s.
2: Oh, okay, yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking like if if that same era was happening then Stark and oh well, what year did Tony St- or Howard Stark die? 92? Yeah. Somewhere so in there. So that would mean that she is then the head of SHIELD by herself maybe? I don't know. Anyways. Yeah.
0: Dude. So yeah, so it would have been it would have been Peggy Carter would have been the head of SHIELD at this time. Nick Fury would have been working for Peggy Carter. Yeah. Um So Yeah, I don't know. Um, You guys want to go ahead and rank it? Okay. All right. Let me get the ranking up here. The bass end ranking. Let's see. Now, I am thinking. There we go. All right. So I'm thinking... I feel like this is a good area to kind of start in. Right around here.
3: My eyes went straight to around Ant-Man. Is that where you are? Yeah, I have Ant-Man right in the middle there. That's exactly what I thought too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've got Ant-Man right in the middle there. Um, I was thinking anywhere between... Doctor Strange and Guardians I could live with. Doctor Strange being at 28, Guardians being at 11.
3: How does this compare to Wonder Woman?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Oh, this is much better than Wonder Woman, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's a better movie than Wonder Woman, personally.
2: Uh, To me, my mind is like, is this better than Ant-Man? Or is this better than Days of Future Past?
4: Hmm.
0: Ooh. Good question. Which,
2: I have a hard time saying something is better than Days of Future Past, because that is an exceptional X-Men movie. It's the only one we got that was exceptional. Uh Yeah.
0: All right, how about this? How about we put it right between um, Days of Future Past and Ant-Man? It'll go at number 21.
3: That's a good spot. Sold.
0: Makes sense. So, All right, here we go. Captain Marvel. Sticking it at number 21 on the big list, and that is... That is it for uh, Captain Marvel, which means it's time to look forward to next week's movie. Next week, here on Harmless Phosphorescence, we are going to be watching Shazam! Ooh, boy. I haven't seen this one. Yeah, interesting that uh, Captain Marvel and Shazam um, are somewhat uh linked up as far as uh their origin goes um but uh and they're so yeah. close to each other so shazam next week here on harmless phosphorescence uh until then uh thank you everybody for uh hanging out with us uh this has been your host throw smiley i'm off to go get the four one one on the late night drop box
1: <laughs> i'm josh C. uh do you want to fight
2: I'm Brian Lesch, and I'm going to go turn myself into a filing cabinet. I will neither confirm nor deny that I am Alaric Weber.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He is. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.